Hello and welcome to The Bite, Hope Brooklyn's weekly podcast for bite-sized spiritual thoughts to inspire you as you center your life around God's great story. Thanks so much for listening. We're reading Matthew 2, verses 1 through 4. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem. And they asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. Now when King Herod heard this, he was afraid, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. Now it seems as though God is unable to act in one part of the world without nature giving it away and the other part knowing about it. God's actions explode their boundaries, like water spilling over the edge of a tub. And it's interesting, though those who are distant, wise men from the east, and they interpret precisely what is happening, where's the one who's been born king of the Jews? Those who are nearest and should know exactly what's going on, like the Jewish king, Herod, miss it entirely. And so we ask all the teachers of the law, hey, where exactly is the Messiah to be born? Now, we'll discover later that Jesus, as God's answer to the world's hatred, befuddles and confuses many. For how can one supposedly so powerful come in such ordinary, such humble clothes? But right now in this day, non-Jewish wise men recognize what's going on, while the leader of the Jewish people, King Herod, does not. But he catches up quickly, and he offers an understandable yet unnecessary response. Fear. He grows terrified that the king of the Jews would be born. I think his fear comes from from something that Stanley Hauerwas says. Hauerwas writes, too often the political significance of Jesus' birth a significance that Herod understood all too well, is lost because the church, particularly the church in America, reads the birth of Jesus not as a threat to thrones and empires, because religion concerns the private. That is to say, religion concerns our morality. But the Gospel of Matthew knows no distinction between the public and the private. Jesus is born into time which threatens the time of Herod and Rome. When God acts, those with power are filled with fear, like Herod, and those without power recognize and celebrate, like the wise men. There was a time in college when I was um, really frustrated and confused by the hypocrisy in the church which is another way of saying the hypocrisy of myself. (laughs) And I didn't understand how absolute and total the grace of God was, that it's like rain that falls on both the righteous and the unrighteous, undeserved for both, just absolutely a downpour of love. I didn't understand that. And so during that period, uh, I took comfort with a group of friends who uh, we could say were not pursuing the story of God. And yet, there was a vulnerability about them. There was a humility and honesty in their speech um, and their way of viewing the world that, in a sense, 
embodied the wise men's response to God's actions. It's as if their lives were saying, hey, he's not our God, but I can recognize that something's happening and he's behind it in a way that I couldn't see that same honesty and vulnerability and recognition in God's church. I remember one night I was sitting beside my friend uh, who was drunk and we were talking and he knew I was a Christian and he says to me, I come to find out, I didn't know this, that he had grown up in the church, that he grew up as a Christian and, and whether he would still identify as a follower of Jesus or not, it didn't come out, but, but he did say this, which I found really, really interesting. He goes, Russ, I love Jesus. I just don't like his church because when I became honest with them, I was cast out. What's he saying? Well, one, he's describing that the church that he grew up in held political and cultural power in their region, in their neighborhood, much like King Herod did. But he removed the veil of this illusion and he stepped before them as he was. He presented the story to them, the story that if there's any hope in this world, any hope for this world, it's not going to come from the King Herod's. It's not going to come from the church. It's either entirely wrapped up in the love of God, found in the birth of a vulnerable Jewish baby, or there's no hope at all. However, when he presented uh, this truth, when he removed the veil of the supposed church's power, he was met with fear, the fear of King Herod. Because if this is true as he claims, then his church's structures of power are seriously challenged and threatened. If it's true, as he claims, that if there's any hope for them, it's not going to come from their work in the neighborhoods, it's only going to come from uh, Jesus, then they're not as important as they thought they were. So they set out to do to him as Herod did to the baby Jesus, to get rid of him, to cast him out from among them, to treat him as somehow different than they were. He's a different sort of broken than us. He's a different sort of sinner. Yes, we both need Jesus, but we need him differently. Now, we're less than 2% into the story, and if you aren't hot beneath the collar, you're not reading this right. <laughs> you're not understanding what's going on. Jesus' birth is not something that we as Americans should quickly celebrate, because more often than not, what we've seen in our history is that the church in America has not occupied the position of the wise men. We've occupied the position of the King Herods. We've had cultural and political power. And what we should see when we read the birth of Jesus is that it challenges every aspect of that claim to power. It challenges every aspect of your life. If Jesus is who the wise men claim he is, you cannot go back to a time when you did not know that. You either consent to the long process of being dispossessed of your power, of giving up every aspect of your life. You cannot say, hey, um, this, this part over here in my life, my, my private morality, yes, that, that I will yield that to Jesus' power. But this part over here, my public work, my career, nah, I, I have power over that. I can, I can rule that well. You can't do that. It's either all Jesus's or it's nothing. You either consent to that process of being dispossessed of your power, or like Herod, like my friend's church, you make a thorough inquiry and you attempt to exterminate him. You cast him out because he challenges your way of life. He challenges your rule, even your rule of yourself. But there is no middle ground. 
So when we read the story of the birth of Jesus and the people who recognize it and the people who don't and the responses of those, what do you feel? Are you terrified? You should be. Because Jesus is born to challenge your rule over your own life. Jesus is born to challenge your rule over your world. Who is this child? we got a long story to go. Lord, I pray that each person listening in would feel the heat under the collar of recognizing uh, that your birth challenges their sovereignty over their own lives. That you were born to dispossess them of everything they thought they controlled. They don't control their lives. They don't control their futures. They don't control anything. Either you are the entirety of hope itself or you're nothing. There's no middle ground. They can't give you part of their lives, but not all of their lives. It's all or nothing. Would you reveal to us the parts of our lives that we hold back from you? Would you reveal to us the parts of our lives that, where we still maintain the illusion of our own power there, our own control? Would you give us courage to offer them to you and, and realize that you've always been in control? You're just waiting for us to yield it. Do what only you can do, Lord. We love you. Amen. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of The Bite. To find out more about the mission and ministry of Hope Brooklyn and to subscribe to our other podcasts and lots more, visit us online at www.hopebrooklyn.org.